Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, and in this episode, we'll be discussing FC Dallas's 3-0 loss away to Minnesota to round out the season and what that means for their playoff situation. With me, as always, is Jonathan Ross. Jonathan, the 2020 regular season is done. Finished. Kaputsk. How you feeling? Well, I mean, considering we just literally <laughs> just finished watching the match and then uh, doing the, the post-game press conference, uh, it was not what I think either of us hoped, right? When it went in uh, with the opportunity for Dallas to end up anywhere between second place and seventh place. Uh, so they didn't do as bad as they possibly could because I think they ended up sixth, right? Right. It was not the worst, but I mean, honestly, um, I think we knew it was going to be a tall order to go in, go into Minnesota just knowing FC Dallas's road form this year and get a result. Um, we're you know obviously hopeful, excited that they could at least pull off the pull off the draw. Didn't happen, so here we are. Um, little uh, yeah, little, I mean, just 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 pour, just pouring the beer, saying hey, let's 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 have a conversation. FC Dallas is in the playoffs, um, and you know overall. Things aren't that bad. Yeah. I mean, leading up to this match, we, we had the win over Nashville away and we thought maybe maybe the 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 ship had turned, the waveform curse was over. We'd finally scored against Nashville. Um overall form past couple of weeks been pretty decent. They've had you know um some pretty good performances. We've seen Jesus Ferreira kind of have a little spark in his game. Um Kind of, I mean, did you did you feel good coming into this game? I, I felt I felt really good, and that's uh, because FC Dallas had. If it, it seems like Lucci had started to figure out what was causing some of the um, the lethargic play, they played really well defensively this year. In fact, I think that they might be leading in that goals allowed stat. I think they ended up uh, ended up at least pretty close to the to the top of. Uh, of that statistically for, for the season. Um, it was, it's always been about how well can they perform on the other end. And it, and it felt like Lucci had started to figure that out. And then, and a few players had started to get comfortable in their spots. And so I'm not, I'm not going to overreact to this, to this game. Yes. Uh, the ever, ever optimist, that's, maybe, maybe that's not how it works, Jonathan. <laughs> that's right. This is, <laughs> This gonna, is a, like you should be flipping that microphone over. That's right, man. I'm supposed to be the, the, the representation of the of the fan here. So uh I'd be, I should be like, screw this crap. Lucci out. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, which which I was actually in, interesting enough in, in our last podcast. I think I was I was questioning a little bit the heart of the team in the the first half of I think it was the first half of the RSL match, um, where they didn't really feel like they yeah, did, didn't look like they were playing very well uh, over over the last few weeks, and even in this match uh, that we just watched against Minnesota, I I never felt like the team was playing lethargic or wasn't trying hard, or or it, it's it was one of those where uh, it the result didn't go their way. But honestly, I think the result went their way in the last couple of matches. Like the the Nashville match could have, if it wasn't for that early goal, right, could have been could have looked like many of our other Nashville matches ended up a zero zero draw. Right. So, um, overall, it's kind of funny you, you mentioned that because we just got done with the, the Lucci press conference and, and 
his his reaction was that he was kind of just disappointed in the overall fight, like the lack of duels won. He said they could have won a lot more duels, and he was just disappointed in their reaction um, to to everything. So, and, and you did see that in a little bit in the second half, um, mm-hmm. especially around the sixty seventieth minute. You could you could. I mean, my, you could you could tell that uh, that FC Dallas had kind of hit that wall where they weren't really going to uh, they weren't going to come back from that from that two zero deficit at that point. But um, yeah, well let's 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 back up just a second. Let's yeah. let's start at the the beginning of the match. Um, so coming into this match, Jimmy Maurer had a knock. Looked like he might have picked it up at the end of the Nashville match, kind of limpy that, there. That that's that's the official word. So, question for <laughs> you: If 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 Felipe wasn't uh, out there and FC Dallas and Lucci hadn't had a chance to actually see him in game form, do you think that that Jimmy Knock would would have been something that they would have just said, "Ah, you can go ahead and play through. You got two weeks before your next match." Um, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like the the FC Dallas staff like Felipe. I mm-hmm. don't think that anyone – I mean, it, I just can't see him staying on or at least being bought out for next season, especially having not made the field. I think the buyout somewhere – was it like $2.5 Some It was yep. something absurd. Yeah. Yeah, so, I asked- like. Good, Dustin. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I, was, I, was say, I asked. I asked Lucci about it on uh, Thursday or Friday, whenever they did the the media press conference. I asked him uh, how they were going to make that decision, um, and he was honest and said, "Hey, it's going to be really difficult, especially since he's going off to the Brazil uh, under twenty three team pretty much directly after these games are over. I think next week during the international friendly window, he's going to be gone." Um, which means even if they wanted him to play in the playoff match, he'd still be in quarantine, right? Right. Uh, so, so they knew this was the last opportunity from a personality perspective. They said he met, kind of mended very well with the team, and I think we've we've saw that saw that with the uh, like when Hollingshead scored his goal a couple of matches ago, right? It seemed like Felipe was the guy to come, yeah. <laughs> come greet him, you know, they hug each other or whatever. Um, and it sounded like he's been a really good, I'm going to call it locker room guy. Uh, it, they just, and has the right uh, technical skills. They just hadn't had, hadn't had the opportunity to see him play. Uh, so in some ways, I think it's a bit coincidental that he got the opportunity. But is it too coincidental? I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's too coincidental because I do think that there is a bit of, if you do pick up a, a, a small knock, um, and Tyler Kern mentioned this during the FC Dallas radio build up to the match today uh, that, you know, that that's what he had heard was a, it was a, a small knock and they were just not wanting to aggravate it, make it worse before the playoffs. So they're just doing the conservative approach and letting Jimmy rest. Uh, I, I, I do feel like it was also a really good opportunity for them to, to get um, Felipe out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about how that ended up later in the show. Um, but okay. So, so they go on the road again. They've suffered from slow starts throughout the season on the road. It's kind of been their, their MO on the road away form show up, be, have a slow start, maybe survive the first half and then maybe pick it up in the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, this game though, they got beat, 
I think I beat um, in that first half. They had a slow start and they had a couple of mental lapses. Ryan Hollingshead, the back pass, the gate went right to the defender who then once, once that happened, of course the FC Dallas is out of shape. Santos isn't in the middle. Uh, Minnesota gets a runner right through the middle. The, the defender that intercepted the pass found him. Boom. Goal. Nothing really, nothing really Felipe could have done there. So not his fault there. Uh, but yeah, those, those, it's, it's kind of the antithesis of the Nashville match. Cause in the Nashville match, it felt like the concentration levels were just on point that whole match you in, in transition both ways, the whole, the team, you could see their heads were on the swivel. They were looking, you could see the concentration in their face. And I just felt like you didn't see that to start out this match. You definitely didn't see it in that, in that play from Ryan. Um, I don't, I think in the first half, I didn't see that too much. I, I thought that the team actually played well and were, that good balance that you talked about, Dustin, in the uh, in the last pod, which was you have to find that balance between sitting back defensively um, and getting enough bodies forward to to get opportunities. And I think that Lucci was trying that balance a bit more, and so maybe it maybe it looked a bit different than what we've seen in the past on some of the road matches. Uh, part of that, I think, is the personnel changes. So both having uh, Santos sit back as that six and really more of that single pivot and Ricarte kind of you know, being next to him, but your, your defense was a little bit more short up and then having, you know, three people being able to, to run at, um, at the defense because with Ricardo Pepe up there, uh, he's a lot more of, uh, mobile vertical kind of, uh, player than, uh, than Franco Harris. So I think that, that was Lucci's way of balancing things in the midfield. And and so, yes, they probably, I mean, they weren't as defensive as what we've seen in the past. So maybe, maybe that's what it was. Um, I don't know. I, I, I watched that first half and other than, other than Ryan's giveaway, I thought that they created just as many opportunities as, as Minnesota did. And it could have easily been one, one or zero, zero. Yeah. I mean, was, was that Barrios play? That was the first half, right? Uh, I think that was the first half as well. Yeah, yeah. the the, the non goal. Yep. Which I actually, what's what what's your what's your take on that goal or no goal? Uh, hmm. I I think probably a goal, but I I agree that there's just no way to overturn that. It, it's sad that we can't. I know we can't have goal line technology. It's just like too just, cost prohibitive. Exactly. For MLS. Especially with teams that that have like stadiums that change every year, it's something like a million dollars a stadium to get that the system that the EPL has for goal line technology. Get that put in, it's it's absurd. And you don't think we could just do like a fundraiser and get them like a little GoPro camera? They can put it on the side of the of the of the goal. (laughs) A little pinhole camera. Some 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 guy will open the app on his phone and show it to the ref. You know, hey, look, no, no, it's passed. (laughs) I mean. So at the very least, Dan Crook from Third Degree had a really good point. At the very least, with all this VAR, you would think that they would find some way, whether it be like a stanchion cam or some some sort of way to get a goal line cam or at least a camera that is on the same level as the goal line and not looking right. at it at an angle. And I know not every stadium can accommodate that, but like P- 
people are industrious. We can we can find ways to make cameras fly on top of the field and not get hit by balls. Like we can find a way to put a camera on the line, on each line, just so we can have a better look at that kind of thing. No, I I, I would agree, but I I don't know if it was a goal. Definitely, you, you couldn't overrule or make a call based on the camera angles that were available. Looking from the back, it was kind of hard. One of the camera angles was from the from kind of behind the goalkeeper. To me, it looked like the ball didn't quite make it all the way over the line, maybe partial over the line. But in the end, uh, I I guess it doesn't matter because right? uh, FC Dallas goes and, and loses three to zero. So, um, what, whether I guess if I guess if it was if they, if they had tied it up at that point, I guess it probably would have been a very different match. But um, but they didn't, and so. We move on into the into the second half, where, uh, as Matt Hedges uh, said in the post game press conference, they were very kind of had a very uh, deflating start to the half, uh, giving up a goal in the first minute after kind of spending, you know, halftime you know, planning for what they were going to modify, how were they going to come back and, and tie up the match, uh, and within one minute they'd gone down two to zero. Yeah, no, and especially to give it up the way that it got given, given up the same, same type scenario, um, uh, a poor giveaway in your own half leads to, um, leads to a transition moment that Minnesota finishes. But when, when I look at the, at let's say just the last two matches, the last two away matches against Nashville and against Minnesota, I, I don't know if I take away enough from either one to say that, Hey, this team has really changed that much between the two matches. I think that it's one of those ones that, you know, one kind of play goes against you or goes on your side. And you, you know, when you, when you score early, um, it's easy to keep that goal or, or to keep, uh, keep ahead in the game, right? Sit back defensively a bit. Uh, when you give up an early goal, it's the opposite, especially away. And so I'm not, I'm not going to be overly reactive and say, Hey, FC Dallas, uh, they're going to go to Portland and just, I mean, yes, their overall road form has been horrible this year, <laughs> um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at the last two matches and, and take anything negative away from this last match. You know that I that I wouldn't that wouldn't just offset kind of the positive from the match before. I think to me, I want to take more of an even killed look at how how they played ar- across the last three or four matches. Yeah, that's fair. Like I think the the main difference between the two matches. I think there were similar amounts of chances from FC Dallas in both matches, but I think the main difference is just that against Minnesota, they, they didn't finish. Mm-hmm. You had Pepe had a couple shots right in front of the goal. Uh, Hara had a couple good looks. Tiago Santos had a wide open net and hit the post, hit the post three times or top he, he, crossbar he, twice in the, he is a less- defender at least, at least you got that right. <laughs> True. But I mean, I would think that, a professional footballer should be able to score against an open net. So, so what is your what's your thoughts <laughs> on on overall Santos's performance over the last kind of since since our last pod or last three or four matches? Yeah, overall pretty pretty good. He's been been better about positioning. He's had better. He's been better about eating eating up like I guess. Swallowing up defenders or uh, the attacker's space, so he's on them. He can he's using his body well to put himself in good positions to not allow the 
the attackers to really have much of an option and and really doing what we thought we saw at the very beginning of the season um and i'm thinking it you you had mentioned that whenever he started his form had kind of dipped off uh, that it might be because he's tired i mean he did have a couple matches of rest and now he's looking good again so maybe you were right yeah and he's and yeah i like the the ground that he's covering which i think is kind of what you're referring to like the eating the space and i think that mm-hmm. uh him having that full defensive responsibility has, has made a big difference for the team, right? Where he's truly just sitting back as at six, um, yeah. as well as, you know, getting a couple matches rest. Uh, I've heard a couple people question whether or not maybe it was weather starting to cool off a bit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe that plays into it uh, a, a bit, but uh, I, I think that primarily it's the way that that Lucci's been playing him and then getting him some rest and, and potentially uh, what we what we don't have now is we can't see what's happening in practice so there might also have some sort of alternate uh uh reps and stuff like that that they're giving to some of the players to keep them fresh so uh whatever's whatever's happening there's definitely been a big turnaround for him and he's been playing you know very well uh, yeah. over the last four or five matches you know, you mentioned, you know, him him having more defensive responsibility and just being kind of the sole six. I think I think that's probably part of I mean, definitely part of the reason for FC Dallas has, has kind of looked better the past couple of matches and, and kind of I don't know, seemed less confused, if you will, whenever they're on the ball. Less like cycling for the sake of cycling, less of the things that we've seen throughout the year is um Lucci's kind of basically told he's he's simply simplified everyone's game. He like everyone has a specific role and there's none of this like okay in this situation you've got this role and then like we'll pivot and double right like it's Santos plays defensive mid, Ricarte plays linking mid, Jesus is playing the attacking mid, and that's it. Yep. Right, everybody's got defensive responsibilities, but you're not like switching roles between people at different game states. Right, it's. And I think that's made a world of difference in several of the players just being able to to focus and, and understand what they're doing. And it's paid dividends in the form of the whole team and because they've been able to get the ball from from the defense to the attacking uh, side of the field much better and with more purpose because people know what they're supposed to be doing and where they're supposed to be. And, and I wonder if it was – how much of this is by design and how much of this has been forced on Lucci in a way because of what's happened with, with Acosta this season. You know, he's had, you know, multiple times now where he's been out for multiple games. Uh, the first time we, we both thought, Hey, this is a great opportunity for Sylvania. Sylvania didn't get, you know, didn't take advantage of it. Uh, Tasman, I think played, played very well when he had an opportunity and then this time it's been Jesus, right? I think Jesus has been the guy who's, you know, he's always been one of Lucci's, Lucci's favorite players, right? You know, him going up through the academy, did really well, you know, was the team's leading scorer last year. Lucci kept giving him an opportunity. And it seems like this time when Acosta was out, right, it gave Lucci the opportunity to plug him again. And Jesus is, it grabbed, you know, taken hold of that, uh, and said, in some ways, I think he's he's made that off striker, whatever, uh, number 10, whatever that role is, right, uh, his own and kind of grown into it. And I, and I do wonder if, 
if Acosta wasn't injured, if we would have seen this change, right? Obviously, we, we will never know. <laughs> um, but it's I think it's been interesting, and I think that those it those changes have really made a big impact to the team. So as we look forward. Yeah. I mean, to your, you, you asked a question of whether it was situational or intentional. And I think the answer as I always answer is both, right? Like you, I think that there, there's a, a I think Lucci realized that he needed to take more risks and so rather than, you know, putting in Tessman and having him play more defensively for, for Acosta, um, he he made the choice to to kind of put in somebody who's more off attacking minded. And and I think that's what we've seen the past couple of matches, uh, maybe three or four matches, is that there's there's been a, a sh- an attempt to shift the balance mm-hmm. towards towards the, the other end of the field and it's circumstantial, yes. Like it's it's something that was handed him, but I think the way he responded to that was intentional. Yeah. So it'd be be interesting when we do look forward. And I know we'll have a uh, an, another pod talking about the the playoff buildup, but I think that will be. I would expect that Acosta, who's going to be back in practice next week, uh, will be available then. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, and we can we could talk about it later. What what happens if uh, if if Lucci decides to make a change or stick with the hot hand? I, I have a feeling I know which way he's going to go, but we can talk about that in the next pod. Yeah, no, definitely will be an ex, uh, an interesting discussion point. So so one other big change over the last few matches. Uh, last time on the pod, you asked me, "Is Rito Ziegler done?" And interesting enough. Since since then, and it, it, that was in, it, that was in reference to, uh, you know, his his slip and slide, let go, uh, you know, allow allow a goal. Um, since then, uh, he, he missed a match uh, for personal reasons, and Brisson stepped up and taken that uh, taking that starting role. I guess, do you see a big drop off between that performance as we've seen uh, Brisson get more and more of the starts, and Ziegler? I know has had a a couple of. Uh, off the bench opportunities, I guess. Has that? Do you, have you seen anything that says that the outcome of any of those matches was impacted because Ziegler was out? If you would have asked me this question at the end of after the last match, after the national match, the answer would have been no. Um, this match, Brisson looked tired by about halftime. Um, you saw the towards on the third goal, he. I don't know what he was doing, but it, he like didn't hustle to get into good position to defend against the the uh, rushing in attacker, and kind of gave him like a this weird awkward shove, and then he got right by him, and then dished it off to uh, uh, Molino, who who slotted home. So <laughs> like I and, and it looked like the the that wasn't like an isolated event. I saw him struggling for for pace quite often after that so you know i i think he had a good run i think he's tired now after i don't think he has uh played enough really over the past year to to be able to handle two games a week for for very long so he's had good form i don't think that he's 
you know, I don't think he's a drop off from, from Reto until like, unless he, he is tired like he is now. Yeah. And I think that he played, but while on that, on that, uh, that goal that you're talking about, I think that he got caught between two different thoughts. It, it seemed almost like he was going to go, uh, and grab the player and kind of do the yellow card time waste or the, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, get it, get the yellow card for grabbing the guy right and holding up the play, uh, and then for some reason a tactical cha- foul, a tactical foul, and then for some reason changed the mind whether it was uh, he was worried that he's going to be too close to the box and get the foul and give up a penalty or what it was, but it did seem like he grabbed him and then changed his mind. Um, that whole, I mean, there was man, and at the the last twenty minutes of the, this last match, there was so many so many times where FC Dallas was throwing. S- and so many players forward uh, that when uh, Minnesota broke off in a uh, in a counterattack, you know, you're just counting players, and it was almost always you know five on four, four on three, something like that, where FC Dallas had less defenders, and I think they kind of uh, Felipe got one nice block, uh, yeah, and then and the the start of that play though was a crazy wild sliding tackle by Bersan. At around midfield. Yes. And I then another that. crazy wild <laughs> sliding I just, tackle. I just was like, <laughs> no, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. <laughs> so uh, thankfully, Felipe was there. He, so I, I'd like to come back to him. Uh, yeah. Because we, but let's, let's finish off our thoughts on Brisson first. So I, I guess my thoughts are, uh, I haven't seen a huge drop off. I do think that Ziegler is probably a better player, especially his passing ability and vision out of the, out of the backfield. Um, but I haven't seen a significant drop off between uh, Ziegler to Brisson. So I do wonder if, uh, if Lucci is going to kind of go with the hot hand. Uh, maybe it's not as hot anymore after, after this loss uh, uh, tonight, but um, it'll be interesting to see if Brisson continues to, to hold down that starting point, starting spot. I don't think he's done anything necessarily to lose it. Uh, but to be honest, I don't know if I saw anything from Ziegler's perspective other than, you know, missing that match due to, uh, you know, family, family members exposure, right. And his potential exposure to COVID that I, yeah, I don't know if there's anything that he did on the field to lose his, uh, his starting spot. So, and he is the captain. So there's, there's that aspect too. Yeah. So maybe this would also make good future pod fodder. The, the, all right. Go ahead. So, so let's 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 wrap this up with talking about let's bookend it with Philippe. We started talking about the match with him. We'll end it with him. You, we had we got his, our first look at him. He shipped three goals. <laughs> he allowed three goals, uh, but he had some good moments too. Like, if you're FC Dallas, what do you think about about the keeping him on? <laughs> um, exactly. Well, you know, two and a half million dollars is a lot of money for for the hunts to spend on on a transfer fee for a young keeper. But uh, he looked nervy when he first started. So I'd say the first 15, 20 minutes, um, you know, there was you know, there was a, one play I remember specifically that was like a, a punch out that he probably could have caught the ball uh, early on. But I think the goals that were scored against him weren't necessarily his fault. There was a couple of saves, I think, that were that showed his athleticism. So I think that he's got the components to be, uh, you know, an MLS caliber uh, goalkeeper. 
I still don't know after watching that match. You know, it's it's hard to say uh, that you know a, a keeper who gives up three goals, no matter the situation, right, is has proven that he's worth two and a half million dollars, right? What what about yeah. you, Dustin? Did you did you was there anything that you saw that you're like, ah, man, this guy has, yeah, proves proves his worth to you, or is it one of those ones that's kind of like me, where it's like, well, is good and bad. Yeah, no, I think he didn't hurt himself with that performance, but I'm not certain. Like he did, it wasn't an oh my gosh, we have to keep this guy at all costs type of performance either. And you know, if he saves two of those those um, goals, maybe we're having a different discussion. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, when you've got um. Jimmy Marr on the team and he's got a similar, like he's, he's makes, makes similar amounts of saves, right? Like, and I think the difference there is that Maurer is more commanding. He's a leader. He's a leader off the field and on the field. He gets players in position to where they need to be. He, he organizes them from the back. That wasn't super evident that it was happening with Felipe on the field. And so the, uh, I don't know that, you know, and that'll come with age. So, you know, I, I don't know that I'd pay $2.5 million for for Felipe. Maybe we you talk about extending the loan another season to see how it goes. But if he does well with the, the Brazilian squad, that's probably not going to happen because the Brazilian teams are going to be like, oh, my gosh, Brazilian uh, right. goalkeeper. Let's get him. So, you know, there's odds odds that he gets sold by Grêmio if he has a good showing at the international uh, break. So who knows? But but it does beg the question of if 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 not him, like who who is the debutante to Jimmy Maurer? Because Jimmy Maurer's 32, so that it gives you one two more good years with Jimmy. Yeah, I, I don't. And think then that player is on the club today. So if it if it doesn't. I, it's 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 not it's not Zobek. Zobek's gonna probably make an excellent uh, assistant coach or goalkeeper coach at some point over the next few years, right? I think he's well well liked by the 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 staff um, by other players, but I don't I think that uh, Jimmy is a good starting caliber MLS uh, keeper. What we don't have is, and FC Dallas has been lucky having this for the last six seven years. Uh, they don't have that good secondary one, especially if uh, if if Felipe doesn't prove out to be that person. Yeah, it was kind of a a embarrassment of riches when we had Gonzalez and Maurer both playing, and we didn't even know it. We didn't know Maurer was as good as he is. Yep, and it was what so. Sites and Kennedy for a while, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and Jesse and Sites right for a year. Jesse insights for year, I think. I think before Mauro came, yeah. So, so FC yep. Dallas has had kind of had that set up for the last five or six years. So, uh, either way, we did see somebody make their debut. Uh, he played well, uh, but the the team overall let him down. Three nothing. Uh, FC Dallas wraps up the season uh, and is looking forward to a little postseason action against the hated. Portland Timbers, although hated a little bit less without Caleb Porter. 
uh, <laughs> at least from the from this uh, FC Dallas fans' perspective. Uh, so I know Dustin will be talking about that uh, in the next podcast. Yeah. So I think we're we're both we'll have a, excited. A build up. Yeah, we'll have a playoff preview coming up. We're not sure what that's going to look like. We're still kind of working it out. Uh, so stay tuned. But yeah, is away at Portland the weekend of the 21st date undecided as of yet. We just got the official word from Gina Miller, uh, that they don't know when it's going to be yet. That's so, right. But I'm going to make my bold prediction that it is whatever game is on Unimass is that's the day they're going to play. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think that's super bold. <laughs> when, when, you, when you go back and look at the original prediction before uh, COVID kind of stopped all 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 regular uh, uh, sports, I think FC Dallas had like seven national televised games and they were all on Spanish uh, stations. So, yes, it wouldn't be uh, too unusual to expect that. Nope. All right. If you like the show, you can uh, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. You can find us online at DallasSoccerShow.com. On Twitter is at DallasSoccerShow. Jonathan Ross, Jonathan Ross 12 on Twitter. You can hit him on with the tweets. That's it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.